Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Dealing with loss, this is my experience with the passing of my mother. May God use it to strengthen and bless His people. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, what's going on? It's so good to be with you. Uh, as some of y'all may know, the last couple of weeks I've been uh, experiencing and dealing with the loss of my mom. And I really, you know, God has been so good. You know, one of the hardest the days that I've dreaded the most in my life really became one of the most powerful times I've ever experienced the Lord. And I know that somebody, one of the pastors, Dr. Bill Coleman, had shared with me. He said, Sean, I've always been told that God doesn't give you death grace until you're dealing with death. And uh, man, I, I've never experienced such grace in, in, in all my life if I've experienced these past several weeks. And uh, honestly, reflecting back, leading up to these past several weeks. So, so I just want to take this time to thank everybody for your prayers, for your love. And man, what a special time. But I also want to take this time to glorify God. And I know that since I was a little kid, that death was something that I was always afraid of. You know, I never had anybody but my mom when I was a kid. And I was always fearful of losing her. It was something that was really tragic within my heart. Even at a young age, I remember having to sleep in the same bed because we were poor. All Most of the kids slept in the same room because there was only one room. <laughs> and, uh, well, there was a couple of rooms, but most of the kids still slept in the room with my mom. And I slept right next to my mom. And I remember having to wake her, not being able to go to sleep, thinking, you know, she had to be awake in order for me to go to sleep. And it was just this fear of her dying and me being left alone. I mean, it was just a real fear. And uh, that carried on all my life, you know, for this, since that point on, I can remember being afraid of losing my mom and being left alone. And and then, you know, then when I was in college, you know, reflecting back now, when I was in college, I started having anxiety. And the anxiety, the way the enemy attacked me was me being fearful of me dying. You know, oh, you're about to die right now. And so this fear of death subconsciously has been implanted in my life since I was a little boy and it stems from the, the fear of losing my mom. And man, the hardest time of my life that I've always feared God knocked it out the park, man. He 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 is so good that he dealt with my greatest fear and made it I mean, he turned this dark time into light, and I'm just going to take this time to share with you and prayerfully through my sharing of this experience and God's hand in this, that it will give you comfort, it will give you strength, and it would in increase your faith in knowing that we serve a very loving Father, that He is good. And one thing I love about the Lord is what we that we can know Him as Father. As most of y'all know, I've never had a dad. And for me to come to know the Lord as Father in my life is very, has been very, very vital to my relationship and, and my ministry and, and my, my, my well-being. Because Father is really such a sur surreal name. For it entails more than just the relationship that we have as his children, but it includes the attributes that comes along with knowing them. For father, title comes from fatherly characteristics. A father is a preparer. 
The term for head of the house or father literally means to be out front, which means to lead or prepare the way. Jesus reflects this fatherly attribute by saying he's going to prepare a place for us. And one day soon he will come and reveal that place to us for all eternity. Hallelujah. Another attribute of a father is a provider. A father provides. He meets the needs of the household, of his children, of his wife, of his family. That's what he does. Another attribute or characteristic of a father is a protector. A father protects. He's the one that meets the enemy. He's the one that that brings safety and assurance and comfort. (laughs) You know, these are just three attributes and three qualities when I mention father. There's so many more. But these three attributes that really speak the loudest when understanding God as father in my life. And in this situation of losing my mother, they have been more than loud. They have been tangible and so let me repeat them and i'm gonna you know prayerfully what my heart is is to i don't want to take a lot of time in each episode so i'm breaking it down into three different episodes Uh, what i want to do is is talk about fathers are prepared how the father prepared me and my mom and this and our family for this situation that he gets he gets things ready for his family that's what a father does The second thing is father as a provider. He is a provider. And a father makes sure the family has all they need. Hallelujah. And then the third thing, father as protector. He makes sure a family is safe from the schemes of the enemy. In a practical sense, I would like to reflect on these. And on behalf of my family, I would like to really just thank everybody again for being the hands and feet to the father but all glory goes to him and so we're going to talk today about a father as prepare how it's his timing in matthew chapter 24 verse 21 and 22 the bible says for then there will be a great tribulation such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now nor ever will Unless those days had been cut short, listen to this, unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But, I love how Jesus uses that universal, but this is what's truth. But, for the sake of the elect, for the sake of the children of God, those days will be cut short. See, this is so powerful. The other day I was reading in, in my Bible, and I came across this in Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse. Uh, what some would say what really is, 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 is speaking about a reference in, to some of the events that would take place in the, the end times. Some of the things that would take place in the end times for Jerusalem, to, the, to that generation, and also refer, references to the end times that were to come, that is going to come upon us. In the midst of this, I'm reading it, and in my Bible, I had written years ago, the elect, on this little side note, the elect impacts history and time. You see, Jesus says that there would be a great tribulation, and this tribulation would cause a lot of trouble, a lot of problems, great death, great harm, great separation, and then Jesus says it would, uh, if it wasn't cut short, 
nobody would be saved. That's how hard it, it was, how hard it is, and how hard it will be. But Jesus says here that for the elect, for the children of God, that the Father is going to cut it short. He's going to shorten that time. And I wrote, the elect impacts history and time. You see, the Lord is in control of time and he's in control of seasons. Jesus says that in, 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 in Acts chapter 1. He says that for times and seasons is not for you to know, for they're in the Father's hands. And so it's really, he is in control of time. He set time on its foundations. He began time and the day will come where he will end time. And yet it, 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 the truth is he's not only the beginning and the end of time, but he's also the master of time. He's Lord of time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord of right now. Not only the Lord of yesterday and forever or tomorrow and forever, but he is the Lord of right now. He is in control of time and he's in control of time that he is wanting to bring it to a desired end, a desired goal. What is that desired goal, you might ask? Well, I've come to the conclusion that that desired goal is for the good of his people and for the glory of his name. What is the desired goal that the Father is orchestrating and, and heavily involved in today, yesterday, and forever? How he's heavily involved and, and, and really in charge of time? What he allows, what he doesn't allow, what he's setting up, what he's not setting up, what he's preparing. What's that desired goal? What's that, what's that, 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 that mission? Where's he heading? Where's he's bringing this? For the good of his people and for the glory of his name. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17, one of my absolute favorite verses says, He is before, Jesus is before all things, and in him all things are held together or hold together the apostle paul declares that jesus is out in front that he's out in front means leading the way he's preparing the way when it when it says he's holding all things together it literally is saying that he's out front preparing the way and making sure that way is secure in him does that not sound like a fatherly attribute that he's out preparing a way and he's making sure that that way is secure in himself. See, I just got to tell you, we're in the States. We, we stay with my mom. And most of y'all know that, that my mom has been a very big part of this ministry, my ministry, my life. Not only as a mother, but really as a partner in the ministry by allowing us to stay with her when we're here and we're visiting churches and sharing in churches and preaching and evangelizing. That she, she gives us a place to stay, a place, a home base, so to speak. And while we're here, we're also able to, to do things for her and be with her. And, you know, it's been pretty, pretty special these past several years. And we love that. We love that. We love that. And we're thankful for it. And... Last year, most of you know that we had uh, bought our tickets as the first time I had ever bought a one-way ticket to Vietnam, but I felt in my spirit, I said, you know, the Lord, we, we wanted to stay a long time, and we just didn't know when he wanted us to return, so I just bought a one-way ticket. And in November of last year, 2019, the, the Holy Spirit spoke very clearly to me to go home in December that he had something for me. 
and I didn't know what it was. I was kind of frustrated because December is one of our special months that we sow all year long. And then really December around Christmas time, there's a lot of events that takes place in the nation of Vietnam where we're able to begin reaping and we begin harvesting a lot of, you know, tangible things, a lot of uh, behind the scenes that things take place all year long. And then it's manifested in Christmas. And we're just very excited about that. So the Lord told me to go home. I had to prepare our pastors to take over all those ministries and be in, be in charge of all those ministries for December. And as we were doing that, you know, and I'm like, man, you know, kind of frustrated to have to go home. On the way home, you know, I, I thought about it. And I said, you know, Lord, I haven't been home with my family for Christmas for four or five years. And I haven't been with Christmas for my, with my mom for four or five years. So this is going to be a special time that she gets to have, you know, both of her grandchildren, me and Lynn, home with her during this time. It's going to be special. So we came home and we had a special Christmas with my mom and my family. It was awesome, man. Awesome. It wasn't nothing extravagant. It was just awesome to be home with family. And we enjoyed it. In the beginning of the year, the Lord gave me what he said he was going to give me. And I was really excited about that. I'm still excited about that. Hallelujah. And uh, as we're preparing, the Lord put on my heart, you know, some dates to return back to Vietnam. or kind of laid out our schedule for the year. March came. We're preparing to leave the middle of March. And our tickets were for March 19th. March 17th, I woke that morning to emails and text messages that our flights had been canceled. I looked at the television and the nation of Vietnam had shut its doors. And then I looked at the television again and all of a sudden America began shutting the doors to this thing called coronavirus, COVID-19. This pandemic had begun to set in. Tickets canceled, Vietnam closed, nation on lockdown. Wow, what an intense time since March. It had, we have we had to be careful of where we went, what we did. We had to be wise, respectful of my mom. We've literally was on lockdown. We would not go, would not go. We would stay pretty much every day, all day at my mom's house with my mom. Little did I know that that was such a gift. That the God of time, the God who is before all things and holds all things together, the Father who loves us so much that he would allow a pandemic to come in order for me to be where I need to be, spending every moment of my mom's last eight months with her every day. So much to the point where she would, when you going back? <laughs> Why don't y'all go do something? <laughs> Only God could do something like that. Since December, all the way until the middle of July when she went to be with the Lord, God used it. This pandemic has been awful. It's been horrific. It has also been used by God. Psalm 139 verse 12 says that even darkness is not dark to you, O Lord, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and night and, and light are alike to you, O God. See, the truth is that God can use anything and he uses everything. That's what a father does. The night that my mom passed, I had been up teaching our pastors online for our training, the monthly training. And uh, I was finished a little bit after 1.30 and I was getting ready to go to sleep about 2. 
stuck my head in her room like I did every night and told her I love her and then went into our, our room and I heard some noise and it was, I mean, not, not, not like extravagant noise, it was just regular noise, kind of like, you know, she dropped her controller, which pretty much she did every night, but I had, I was dozing off at that time and didn't think nothing of it and I fell asleep. But when I had been up all night, you know, all day and all night, usually I sleep for, you know, six hours. I wouldn't wake up until early the next morning. And uh, it's about 2.15 at this time, a little after 2. And, um, but it was about 45 minutes to an hour later I woke up, which was strange. I had to go to the restroom. I went to go to the restroom and I stuck my head into the door and I noticed my mom laying across the bed. I went in there and I was trying to wake her up and see what was going on. Mom, you all right? You all right? And uh, I had noticed that she had changed oxygen tanks and she had uh, her, her O2 monitor on her finger, but uh, she was clearly unresponsive. No pulse, no breathing. And I was praying while I was trying to wake her up and just, it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. So while I called 911, I was doing CPR and then the paramedics came and uh, they, they were able to get her uh, with a blood pressure and, and pulse and had some vital signs and stuff. And they took her to the hospital, contacted my family. My family immediately just didn't even think about it. They just started making their way down here, you know, from all the parts of America. And uh, they made it down here. And uh, the next that day, we were pretty much confronted with the reality that my mom was ready to be with the Lord. And uh, my family had to make a decision. And so we, we all went up there to, with COVID-19 because they didn't have her test back. They wasn't letting anybody in the rooms in that area because it was the COVID section. And, man, you know, uh, I talked to the people and they just gave us favor. They allowed five people, me and my four brothers and sisters, into the room with my mom two at a time to be able to love on her and say something to her just between individuals. And then we told them that, uh, you know, that the next day we would make a decision. We would sleep that night, pray and wake up and make a decision. Well, the Lord had put on my heart through a friend of mine to do a special service, kind of like a release and a ministry to the family and to the to to my mother. And uh, the Lord directed me to that. I shared it with my family. And so it would be an opportunity for us to have a, a thank you service to the Lord, a thank you service for my mom and a release and mom well done good and faithful servant go be with your lord and uh just needed to uh, needed to be accepted by the by the nurses and staff there with COVID 19 they wasn't allowing anybody in but i called them that day the next day and i said you know listen this is what we want to do i'm a pastor i was a pastor in the area and we're really wanting to have this special service for my for my mom and my family and they said, well, her test just came back. We're not going to move her rooms, but she did come back COVID-19 negative, And uh, we will allow you to have that time. <laughs> so on July 16th, we gathered in the room, FaceTime our family, and we worshiped the Lord. And we thank God for a special mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. What an awesome time of worship and prayer and releasing, saying, Mom, Go be with your master. The day you waited for is now upon you. Go be with your master. Go be with your Lord. Go be with your father. And that night, while holding her hand and us singing Psalm 23, she left to go be with the Lord. Her faith became sight. 
How special is that? How special is that testimony? Well, the autopsy came back. An autopsy said that she didn't pass from, you know, the lack of oxygen, but she passed from a heart attack, a massive heart attack, a coronary cardiac arrest. And so from my understanding, if she was to pass from cardiac arrest, we don't know how long she was gone before I went in the room. But to be able to revive her to the point of having some vitals so my family could come down and have that time of releasing and saying goodbye, he is before all things and he holds all things together. One thing about our father that I've learned that shouts the loudest is that he's a preparer. He's a preparer. He prepares a table before our enemies. And that enemy of death, that enemy of the grave, that's a lie. Because we feasted. My mother feasted. She never even tasted death. She passed from this life into her master's eternal rest of heaven. Where she's singing and rejoicing. Surely, he prepares a feast before our enemies that's what our father does he's a preparer Lord we love you and we thank you God and I thank you for Lord those who are listening Lord those who have lost loved ones and those Lord we will all experience loss of some family members and friends as we live this life Lord for sin has crept in and the curse has left its mark but yet that does not outshine or outspeak or outconfirm you Lord in your hand and your handiwork that you are in complete control of time and yet Lord you're bringing it to a desired end for the good of your people and for the glory of your name thank you Father for being a preparer help us to see this today in our lives and in the midst of these situations in Jesus name Amen God bless you real good. God bless you all the way. And next time we're going to talk about Father as a provider. I love you and I thank you. God bless.